Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. Have you ever launched and got nothing but crickets? Or maybe you're on an emotional roller coaster of highs and lows. Well, it really doesn't matter. Hi, my name is Ken Westgar, and I help online coaches grow and scale their businesses with fun and simple money-making launches. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to run an online business and how you can bring back the fun and simplicity to your launches. You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories highlighting the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success of being in launch mode to make sure you're comfortable and get ready to bench. Welcome to the Omega oh Launcher Podcast. All right, thank you so much for listening into the Omega oh Launcher Podcast today. Uh, today I have Nick Dimas with me, and uh, this guy has done quite a few things in his life. So it's going to be interesting to just hear his little story about where he is and how he got there. But um, we're going to talk about story in messaging today, and I just want to say thank you, Nick, for coming on the show and welcome. Well, Ken. Uh- OMG. I love that, by the way. That's, <laughs> yeah. all, that's so good. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be uh, with you, as always. I always enjoy our conversations. And now to share it with your community, your crew, is um, such an honor and a privilege. So thank you so much. Thank you. That was really nice. Really nice. Uh, before we get into the whole story and messaging, like I said, you have had an interesting life. And I would love for you to kind of share your journey from where things kind of started and where you're at today. Yeah. So it's all kind of story related, actually. Yeah. If you, exactly. <laughs> if, if you talk to my mom, she says when I was, you know, four years old, I used to jump up on the table and recite the Grimm's fairy tales. And as a performer, can you, uh, you can imagine, you know, I was probably, uh-huh. you know, dancing and singing and, and they knew in, immediately that I was going to be an actor or performer. They just sensed that I was going to be a storyteller of some time of some kind because for some time I would tell these stories. Uh, fast forward about I was 16 years old. I got my first professional job mm-hmm. uh, as an actor. By 19, I went on the road with the with a show, a national tour of a musical in the states. Uh, moved to New York and had a really successful career as a, a Broadway dancer and singer. And I was, however, when you are a Broadway dancer and a singer, Mm -hmm. you are told what to do. You're told what the story is that you're telling. Well, the problem with that was that I was, as you can imagine, just from hearing me speak, very opinionated. (laughs) (laughs) And I used to look and say, well, that light isn't right. And why are they wearing that costume? And I would question. Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I would question the director. They didn't like me very much, right? I would start questioning things. And I was doing the Radio City Christmas Spectacular with the Rockettes. I was a one of the, there's, believe it or not, there are 12 men in that show. And I was one of the backup dancers with the Rockettes kicking their legs at Radio City. And I was in, there's this Nutcracker Ballet and I, in, in the show where, I, and I, I have this bear costume on, right? And I'm in a bear head and the, the the director has asked us to jump off of a trampoline onto the stage. And it's a big stage. Radio City is massive and it's all grid. There's these numbers on the floor 
And so I'm jumping from a trampoline onto a stage. I'm landing on this steel stage and I'm looking for my number and I can't find my number and my bare head is falling over and tears are rolling down my cheeks inside the bare head. And it's Christmas Uh and I'm supposed to be happy and I have tears rolling down my cheeks. And I remember this moment really specifically, Ken, because I went back to the dressing room. I took the bare head off. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and my dressing room mirror. And I said, this is not your life. This is not what you want to be doing. And I knew that I needed to be the one telling the story, not being told to stand on a number with a bare head on at Christmas. And so that very, well, we closed the show at the the end of the year. So the very next month, I got on the phone, old school style. I got on Mm -hmm. the phone and started calling everyone I'd ever worked with, everyone ever worked for, and said, hey, I'm a director choreographer now. You You just made that shift. I just did it. Mm -hmm. I just said, I'm going to do this. And one of the people that I called said, oh my gosh, Nick, we just lost our choreographer for Mm -hmm. this show. Will you come choreograph it? And I said, absolutely. And one month later, I had my first job. And within a year, I had fully transitioned to being a director choreographer full time. That's awesome. And I think that, you know, what that really speaks to is that, you know, in terms of like manifesting, in terms of like mm-hmm. creating in your business, in ter- it's like getting yourself out there, yeah. right? Not being unafraid and unapologetic about what it is that you want and need. And that's really what I did in that moment. Fast forward now, three more years later, I am directing across the country, directing across the world, actually. And one of the places that I directed was this theater in Oklahoma City and Oklahoma in the middle of the U.S. Yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> and while I'm there, they fire the director of the theater, the producer. Really? Yeah. I'm directing a show there and they fire them. And the president of the board of directors turned to me and said, would you do, would you take over the theater? for a year while we do a national search, while we do a search for the replacement. Now I'm 28 years old. I don't know how to run a business. This is a million dollar, over a million dollar a year business. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm a director, Mm -hmm. right? I say ab-so-friggin-lutely. I knew it. (laughs) Because I knew in that moment that I would learn. Mm -hmm. Right? I knew that I didn't know anything, but I knew that I would like, what an amazing experience to learn. And it was a huge learning year. And at the end of the year, the board president came back to me and said, we've had the most successful year we've had in 10 years. We don't want you to leave. Will you please stay? And I decided that I really wanted to continue to learn the business aspect. And so I stayed for an additional uh, eight years. So I was there nine years total. Additional eight years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And we grew. We really grew the theater from about a million dollar budget to over $4 million a year in revenue. We went from, you know, I think when I started, there were like five people on staff to like 45. Mm -hmm. Like it really grew the theater, did a capital campaign. I raised millions of dollars for uh, a new theater, for an actual theater. Uh, So it grew tremendously at Children's Academy, et cetera. And I grew. Mm -hmm. But then I got bored. Mm. And... And I'm more than bored. I was restless to go back to Broadway, to be honest. Right. And 
I had taken some time off, which I think is really, really important. You know, that the power of taking some time. Mm-hmm. And I went to a yoga teacher training program in New York, took a month off. And during that time, it really was like to replenish at the time. I just felt burnt out because running a theater is a business and it is a hectic business to run a theater. I was just tired, you know, Mm -hmm. and I sat in meditation and what came to me was you don't need to take a month off. You need to quit your job. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear that. No, no. I have, I have health benefits, which in the U S is a big deal. I have health benefits. I have a, I have a salary in the theater. That's not, that's not, that's not normal. I can't quit. I can't quit. But I knew deep that I had to sort of deep within me. That voice said, no, you need the next adventure. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm 36 and I, took me a year, honestly, to, to fully quit. Like, just because you hear it once doesn't mean you're going to do it. You know, nope. you, you have to like <laughs> sit in and listen to that. Yeah. You know? And at the uh, then I finally did. I finally I did it. I gave them a year notice, by the way. A year okay. to find my replacement. Wow. And during that final year, I started a production company to uh, produce on Broadway. Mm-hmm. And... um this is a really interesting story how that happened actually. And that I took an old friend out to lunch, somebody I hadn't seen really. We'd been in contact for years, but I hadn't really sat with her Mm -hmm. in years. And I said to her, I'm thinking of leaving my job and starting a production company. And this is somebody who had been a wardrobe person, you know, backstage, they like, you know, help you change your clothes, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And she turned to me and, she had married into to married a very wealthy man. And she said, I'm kind of interested in doing that too. She said, I want to get back in the theater. I don't know. I don't want to be in wardrobe, but I'm interested. And I said, well, I'm actually looking for investors. And she said, well, how about a million dollars? Okay. And so at the end of the day, she wrote me a check the very next day. Well, you know, yeah. she transferred it to a million dollars into my account still- that day. And that was the seed money to get my, to get my that producing business started, which was really incredible when you think that it'd been a 20 some year relationship. But the reason that that happened is that I had been really kind to her mm-hmm. when other people weren't. And that's what right. she said to me. Mm-hmm. She said, you've always been kind. And that's a lesson right there. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. In, you know, to be kind in business, to be in integrity, to be honest, to be real, to, to not be a schmuck as we say. Right. And so I moved back to New York and within one year, uh, very fortunately, I produced a show that was a hit on Broadway and we won the Tony a year later. Amazing. And that's when the real work started, Ken, because then I was like, okay, I'm not even 40. I just had my dream come true. Now what the mm, do I do? Mm -hmm. And I felt a little lost because when the Tony night happened, you know, Tony's is like stars and red carpet and it's fantastic. And, you know, it's exciting. And I'm sitting in the audience and Bernadette Peters opened the, the envelope and she read Memphis and everyone around me stood up and they were cheering. And I, there is this, um, what they call a still, right. You know, like a 
moment that the uh, of camera that gets caught. There's this still mm-hmm. picture of me I have of the moment when that happened. I got caught on camera. And my face is not joyous. Hmm. It's not. It was like empty. Oh. And I remember the moment very clearly because in the moment I said, this is it. This is it. This is how this is going to happen. This is what this is. This, this isn't what this is supposed to feel like. Mm-hmm. I'm not feeling this. And I'm walking up to the stage to accept an award. And that's how I was feeling. And that's when I knew that I had some work to do. Yeah. Because here One was the, the biggest f- moments. Yeah. The highlight. Yeah. And the highlight. Nothing. And, and I'm feeling nothing. I'm mm-hmm. feeling numb. And it was sort of out of body-ish, but also very numb. Mm-hmm. And that's when I dug in. And that's when I realized, oh, I need to really think about how it is that I want to walk in this world. Who do I really mm-hmm. want to serve? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do enjoy entertainment. Yes, I do love storytelling, but I needed to dig deeper. And that's when I started to, I went and spent some time with a teacher, I coaching, I really dove in and then found that I wanted to be more of service on a sort of individual level, one-to-one right. with some clients, mm-hmm. um, with other creatives, with business owners. And that really led me in this very long-winded stories to where I am today of helping people really hone in on their stories so they can serve people, um, so they can manifest, so they can create uh, income, so they can create impact in the world. Right. I think um, just the, the entire story of you trying to figure out what you want to do, I think it's so funny because we tell kids, you know, to go to school and you get to a certain level where you're old enough to kind of make your own decision. What do you want to do with your life, you know? And here you are telling us that you've been through it all, like this and that, and you thought it was this, but it wasn't that, and now it's this. And this. I mean, how can we expect our kids, like, at 18? Okay, go figure out what you want to do with your life. It's like, yeah, sure, I'll take a degree in this and that and probably never use it. Because when you get in your 40s, that's when you finally start to realize, you know, I don't want to do this. You know, same thing with me. I mean, it took me a lot of years to figure out what I want to do. But yeah, it's crazy how we think we're going to figure this out at a, such an early age. Well, and we're conditioned to believe that we're supposed to know. Mm-hmm. When we don't even know who we are. Yeah. How can you possibly know what, how you can best serve the world when you don't even know who you are on the inside? Mm-hmm. And I think... You know, for me, part of this journey has been this self-discovery journey along with the path. Fortunately, I was that person who was like, I'm going to try this and see. And then it's no, maybe not. I'm going to try this and see. Versus that person who makes the decision that they don't feel that they can. Yeah. And they They, get stuck in the job. And they get stuck. 20, 30, 40 years. Yeah. And, you know, and part of that, to be truthful, truthful is that I didn't have children. So mm-hmm. I didn't have those responsibilities. Right. I was only yeah. responsible for myself. So of course I could say, I'm going to go try this because mm-hmm. I only had to take care of me in those moments. Yeah. So it's easy for me in many ways to say, yeah, do it, go <laughs> for it, you know, but there are also realities and I do understand that. So 
I know that you have taken huge leap, huge leap of faith. Yeah, and but at the same time, you know, it's, I think my wife said it so perfectly is that, you know, uh, while I was having a job, I was miserable before I got to work and I was miserable at work and mm -hmm. I was miserable when I got home from work. And obviously that affected my family. So is it better that I continue in this job? And yes, there's a certain level of security, blah, blah, blah. Or do I just quit, follow my dreams and let's see what happens, make it happen in some kind of way, some kind of capacity. Yeah. That's powerful though, that, that you is. had that, you know, innate ability because that is that there, that it, it's a skill. You had that skill. It's a skill to take risk, right? Mm -hmm. That's because that's ultimately what we're talking about here is taking risk. My yeah. dad said something to me once. He said, Nick, he said, I've worked all of these years so that I could now in retirement live my life. Mm -hmm. He said, and he said, I did something I hated every day of my life so that I can now live fully. Mm -hmm. He said, you've lived to work. You love what you do. So yeah. you're living your life already that took me years and years to get to. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really, because I think for me at certain points, I thought, oh, I could have been more secure. I could have taken a more secure path. I could have, you know, we all have could that. Have. I could have, mm -hmm. I could have done that, but then I couldn't ultimately like, uh, you know, yeah. that goes back to that moment of me, like looking at the, you know, the, the lighting and the costume and saying, well, no, no, I would have been fired anyway. Nobody would have had me. I had to be the boss, <laughs> right? Like I had to forge my own path. Yeah. So true. Well, okay. That was an interesting uh, story. And that leads us to the story and messaging, I would mm -hmm. say. But it's a good story. I mean, and the way you tell it as well, you know, it's engaging and interesting. So good, good job. <laughs> good work, you good story work. expert, you. <laughs> good job at telling that story. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's dive into story in the business and, you know, why it is so important. Because like I just said, you know, it's captivating to listen to somebody tell a good story. Yeah. So why is that so important in the business? You know, it's important in your business on many, in many, many aspects. Because one of the things that happened while you were listening to my story is you either connected with it or you didn't. Yeah. Right. And therefore, you either connected to me or you decided to move away from me. Mm -hmm. And that's vital in business that people are, that people can connect to you. We used to say it's no like, and trust factor, right? Do they have the no like, and trust? Well, now it's got to go deeper than that because, mm. because you're like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Let's we're going to lean in now. <laughs> yeah. Because there are, there's the, the sea is, is larger and bigger. Mm -hmm. So it's got to go beyond liking you. They nearly almost have to love you nowadays. So I always right. say it's now no love and mm -hmm. trust. And that trust needs to be that they know that you can help them. It's got to go deeper than they just like you. You can like mm -hmm. me a lot. You can even like that story I told. But yeah. if you don't trust that I can actually help you, it's not going to happen. And for anybody that's launching, that happens within seconds. Mm -hmm. The energy that you bring in is automatic. That's part of your story. Even how mm -hmm. you show up in those first few sentences, you're already telling a story. 
you may not think of it as story, but that's telling a story. Hmm. What you wear, what your backdrop is, that's a story. Interesting. And so are you drawing people in or are you repelling them? And it depends on who it is that you want. Who do you want to attract? Who do you want to draw in? And using not only those physical things that I was saying, the energetic thing of who you are, but then if you can hook them in with the story as the as their guide, as their guide, positioning is vital in storytelling for marketing. You are not the hero of the story. No. In marketing. In that last story I told, I was the hero. You were listening to my story in that journey, right? But I wasn't marketing to you. No, no, no. If I were going to take that story, which I do, (laughs) and use it in marketing, I would probably have started it slightly differently. Mm -hmm. I would have talked about them first to position them as the hero of the story. I would have made Mm -hmm. it about them. Simple, simple. Maybe I would have said, hey... Have you ever felt like you got something you really, really wanted, and then when you got it, you felt like, wow, this wasn't what I hoped it would be? That's how my story began. Mm -hmm. I might have said something like that. I might have, you know what I'm saying? There's ways in which, and that might not have been it, depending on what I'm what I'm marketing, what I'm, what I'm selling. But my point is you make it about them and then you show up as the guide. Mm -hmm. That's vital. Vital, vital. So they, they look at you as somebody they, they can know, love, and trust that they can help. Mm. That you can help them. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I mean, it, you know, it's about making that story relatable for them, even though it's your story. Yeah. Even though it's your story, they've got to be able to see themselves in it. It's a mm-hmm. bit like you said, you stopped, you stopped me at one point in that long, when yeah. I was long winded, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I am, and you stopped me at one point, you was like, yeah, and you said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, I can relate to that. And mm-hmm. then you told a bit of your story exactly in reflection, because you were already, your mind was already relating mm-hmm. and the and you, and you can hook people like that into your, your hook them into your lair you bring them into your world yeah magically no what happens is is they begin to take it on as their own you'll also notice in that in the story that i shared i use some descriptive words some details the tears rolling down my cheeks Mm -hmm. right that's a small detail but it's one that gives a a direct visual the bare head you got a direct visual in your brain Mm -hmm. right the Tony Awards, Bernadette Peters opening up the envelope. You got these little. Now I didn't go into huge detail of well, it was brown no. and you know the outside, <laughs> and you know I didn't go that far. So don't get mired down in details, but giving just these little subtle visual cues, visual. Yeah. You know, it can be auditory, it can be visual, it can be scent, mm-hmm. it can be. You know, I could have said, "Oh, and the room smelled like da da da," if that had yeah. been appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. Those little things that can draw people in, because again, the more they understand you and know who you are and trust you, the more likely they are to purchase from you. Which is what we ultimately want. Which is what we ultimately want. But the story needs to position you. Mm-hmm. It can't just be a story. 
That's the other thing that I think people get confused about. They'll say, okay, well, I'm going to take this story that I have. But if it doesn't have anything to do with your business, who cares? Because it's yeah. got, this is where it's got to go beyond the, the, the like factor, the like mm-hmm. and trust. I can like and trust you, Ken, but if I don't believe that you are actually going to help me, I'm not going to purchase from you. Mm-hmm. So it's got the story needs to position you as the, the leader, the guide, the thought, the thought leader, ultimately the expert yeah. in whatever it is that you offer, whatever it is that, that you sell. And in your launch, that's, that's paramount. Mm-hmm. How can anybody purchase from you if they don't think that you're the person for them? Exactly. Yeah. So how do we, how do you position us as that person, as that guy? Choose the story wisely. Choose mm-hmm. the story that relates to your product. And you might be like, well, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Like, what, what, do, what do you mean? Okay. Let's say you're a meditation teacher. Let's say you, you teach meditation. That's what you offer. The other day, I was standing in line at Starbucks. And, you know, by the way, I do teach a bit of meditation. That's why I can, I can share this, right? <laughs> I'm standing in line at Starbucks. And, you know, I really wanted that latte. <laughs> and I wanted it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the, the barista was like talking up a storm with the person in front of me. And they were going on and on and on. And I was getting more and more impatient, right? Mm-hmm. To the, the place where I was like, you know, like even that feeling inside of you begins to well up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I took a very big, deep breath because I teach breath work. I took a deep breath in that moment. And I was like, oh, I need to practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. I need to be the meditation teacher right now. I need to learn patience in order to teach patience. Well, see, now, if I had been teaching, offering a meditation course, is that not showing my authority? Is that not saying and relatable at the exact same time? Oh, yeah. I wasn't even thinking about that you were actually telling stories. I was just, you know. <laughs> you were leaning in. Yeah. You were leaning in. And then if I had said, and you know how I learned patience? I learned patience through this modality X. This framework, Mm -hmm. Y, this practice, Z. And guess what? I now teach that. And I had to go back and reuse all of those teachings that I already know. See, even then, you can slip up for a moment. But because I have these tools, I didn't yell at the woman. I didn't scream at the barista. I took a deep breath. I sat in a moment of meditation and realized that the importance of that. See what I'm saying? You can use that everyday story of standing in line to sell a product if it's the right aligned story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was perfectly done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say standing ovations. <laughs> standing <yeah>. ovations. <laughs> Very bravo, beautiful performance. Bravo, good performance. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but we, want, we want a bravo. But what yeah. we want more than that is somebody to click purchase. Mm. Because as you and I both know, the transformation is in the transaction. It is not in the bravo. 
And I, that was a mistake for me, Ken, early on in my career here in the, in the online space, because I was so used to applause, Mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah. When when I, I, when you, when you are marketing for theater and storytelling, you're marketing to get applause. Yes. Ticket buyers. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is the transaction, the ticket buyer. Right. Yeah. But ultimately it's about, aren't you fabulous? Applause, applause. That's kind of like what we see in social media today. I mean, you have people liking your posts and, you know, comments and you get all excited about that, but yeah, nobody's buying. Yeah. I mean, they call it vanity metrics, right? In some yeah, ways. Yeah. But I don't really think of it as that. I think of it as influencer marketing because mm-hmm. there, here's, the, here's where the rub with social media is that there are a lot of people out there actually teaching influencer marketing and not marketing on, on social that's storytelling for businesses. Those are two very different things and they're very conflated in the marketplace. Interesting. Because an influencer, what do they want? They want more likes. They want more follows because they get paid based Mm -hmm. on that. Yeah. And so consequently, we've all bought into this idea collectively that we're supposed to keep up with that. We're supposed to keep up. We're supposed to have the popular post. Mm Mm-hmm. When the reality is those, though we, we've all heard the stories of the, of the influencers who can't sell, right? They go to sell a t-shirt and they can't even sell a t-shirt with 2 million followers. We've Mm -hmm. heard these stories and ultimately you have to really, and this is something I have to constantly do being an entertainer is keep myself in check. Is this a post that I'm putting out there that's just entertainment or is that actually going to draw in my ideal customer? Mm Mm-hmm. And being the entertainer, I have to, re- like I said, I have to really, I have to really take a, take a look at that. Uh, and not to say that you can't have some entertaining posts because they also draw in new audiences, but you have to be careful to not go viral on, on social oh, yeah. with an audience yeah. that's not yours. And then you've just screwed it all up, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, going viral is not necessarily a good thing at all. Like you said, you know, you get all the wrong people, uh, following you liking your post and that's going to screw up the algorithm and yeah you don't really want that and they're not your buyers exactly and and so they're looking for a different story to Mm -hmm. be honest and that's the way i really look at it is they're looking for a different story they're looking for it to be entertained all the time and so Mm -hmm. then what happens is they come on your your page and you're now actually doing posts about you know thought reversals and you know things to, to 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 shift their perception and they're like Yuck, who is this guy? I don't want him. Mm-hmm. Click goodbye. Or they just, worse than that, is they just ignore your posts. Yeah. And then the algorithm says, nobody's interested in you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, don't get hung up on the reach or the views or the likes or the comments or whatever. You know, that's not what's important. Not at all. And and I know that that's for all of us. That's like, it's tricky, right? Yeah, it's like, it's tr- well, what would I do then? <laughs> you know, yeah. if I'm not getting that. If I'm not getting that, you know, why am I doing this? Some days you uh-huh. think, why am I telling these stories? Why am I, why am I putting all this effort in? But it's the long game. And you have mm-hmm. to remind yourself of that. Just yesterday, I had somebody come to me and say, I have been following you for seven years. What? <laughs> That's a long time. Seven years before they decided they were ready to coach with me. Oh, my God. And that was even before I was a coach. They've been following me. 
So go. Yeah. F- so so I mean, they've been following your journey all the way. They've been following my entire journey, and just now feel ready to coach with me. I I I, I mean I was blown away. And and where where did they come from? Instagram. Oh. You just never get. No. Clearly not. <laughs> people are people are watching, and you don't know they're watching. People are paying attention to you, and you have no idea. Yeah. So the moral of that story is: don't give up. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. And and I know you know you have a sometimes you'll have a launch that doesn't go so well, or sometimes you you know you yeah. you know all that stuff happens. That's the ups and downs of of entrepreneurship. But that tenacity. I mean, mm-hmm. I can tell you from a storytelling perspective, I have seen people in the entertainment industry who are far less talented than some others go way further because of just showing up, just mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to do this no matter what it takes. Yeah. And we see that in a space too. Of course. Same thing. Same thing. And it breaks obviously some hearts of the people who really genuinely have something to say and can really help people, but they're not getting that traction, not seeing that results, and then they give up. So stick with it for anybody out there, you know, who's listening that is questioning themselves, you know, saying, "Oh, should I continue? Should I do it?" Stick and you're with gonna, it. you're gonna, you're multiple I- times. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Ken! I can't tell you the number of times I've been like, I need to give this up and go back to the theater. It's it, theater's easier, uh-huh. you know, where two percent of the population actually work. I've had these thoughts today. Actually, I'm not gonna lie, I've had <laughs> these thoughts today. It's like, why am I doing this? Oh, but yeah. But then there's that person that comes to you after seven years and says, mm-hmm. "I need your help," and I know we had a lovely conversation and I, 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 I was like, Oh yeah, I can, I know I can help you. Mm-hmm. I know I can break you break through these blocks that you have about sharing who you are, you know, and that's ultimately what I do with storytelling is I really yeah. help people, you know, remove the blocks so that they can manifest with their story so that they can create abundance with their story. Cause that's definitely a thing too, that, you know, you feel like, I don't have any stories to tell or share or I, I don't want to do it because I'm afraid of this, that, judgment, blah, blah, blah. I'm afraid it's my, my story is not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, who am I to tell this 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 story? What's too much? Some people have a huge story right. and they don't know what, what parts of it to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, I, I, there's all different versions of the same thing. But at the end of the day, it all boils back down to, you know, I'm scared to, to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Because it's vulnerable to put yourself out there, ultimately, you know. But the the irony is, the more vulnerable you are, the more real you are, the more that you express who you are, the more people are drawn to you. But then again, there's like two different vulnerability. I would say you have the oh yes, you have the one that you kind of just complaining (laughs) to the world, which doesn't really help you. But at the same time, you have the other one where you kind of show that you actually got through this you you managed to rise to the occasion and yeah that's 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 the true story versus the real story Mm -hmm. so the real story is that i went through this horrific thing and oh my gosh it's terrible 
and my life is awful and but you know it's okay i'm gonna be okay but you want to hear and you just keep vomiting your stuff (laughs) but the true story is one that you really dive into the what happened to you but where you are at now on the other side of it Mm -hmm. and the other side of it is here's the lesson that i'm going to share with you so that you and again this is positioning so that you don't have to make the mistakes that I made. Or if you are making those mistakes, you know that there's somebody who's gone through it before you so that you can be the shining light. So you can turn the light back, shine back for people so that they can walk towards it. So that they see what's possible for them. That's a very different telling of your story than sitting in the drama. Nobody wants your drama, right? We, you, we see it all the time and you're like, oh, yeah. they're at it. You know, those, those people you follow and they're like, oh, they're at it again. Okay, here they are. You know, we don't want or need that. Nor are you positioning yourself well at all. That doesn't mean that you don't share things that like you just did very authentically. You shared that, yeah, today I'm feeling like this. That's okay. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. No. There's a difference between sharing that in a real way and then just going on and, you know, you know, yeah, I could, I could say her entire interview and just, oh, today was such a suck day, and uh, I could get anything done. It's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. but yeah, that's not. And so, but, and, and so now, am I going to want to to purchase from you if you do that? No, <laughs> no of course not. Of course not. But if you but, say, you know what, I had a hard day today. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yeah, that's real. But but at the same same time, yeah, I yeah. got out of it. I snapped exactly. out exactly. I managed to, you know, get out of the funk. Because I've been working on this for a couple of years now to, you know, manage this. Yeah. And, and help others now and help others, manage yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, nothing, nothing will bring up your ish more than being in a launch. Good <laughs> no. gravy. I mean, it's like get everything in the kitchen sink gets thrown at you during your launch. It all comes up. Every story you've ever heard about yourself comes to the surface mm-hmm. during your launch. From ex- both into in, 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 inside and outside, because mm-hmm. of course you're going to get that reflection back. The tro- yep. every troll that there ever was comes out during a launch. You know, you're like, okay, here we go, and all of your stuff. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm, like all of that comes up. That's whole story. Mm-hmm. What story are you telling yourself internally as well as externally? That's the other thing, really. Yeah. You know, what is the internal story? as well as this external story you're telling. Yeah, because they're both real when you're doing this business thing. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, a, you know, a personal brand. Yeah. For, for all of you that are personal brands out there, that this is the ride that you got on. So buckle up. Put your safety <laughs> belts on because you're going to exactly. go on the roller coaster. And it's really about learning to manage that. Mm-hmm. And manage the, manage those stories, the internal ones you're telling yourself. Yeah, and I think the thing is, it's not easy to always do that at yourself. It's good to have someone to talk to, someone who understands what you're going through. Look, that's why every coach needs a coach. Exactly. You know, it it doesn't matter your level. You no, need no, no. that. I mean, that, new level, new devil. That's exactly. You need that exterior. That you know, I like to think of it as a camera lens, mm-hmm. right? We have the camera lens. Here I am storytelling talk again for you. We have the camera lens super tight on us. We can only see the close up. 
And what a coach really does is that they back up the camera lens and suddenly you're at a wide shot and they're actually the, the, the lens. Mm-hmm. The coach is that lens. They're the camera because they can see something that you can't see. They back it way up and they see the full picture and they help you then be able to see that bigger picture in mm-hmm. a way that you're so in it. You're so tight. You're in this, such a close up that you can't see. And again, that doesn't matter. I need a coach. You need a coach. We back share the same coach, mm-hmm. at least one of them, you know, that. <laughs> and he's got a coach. I mean, yeah. yeah. And he's got a coach and so on <clears throat> because, and for different, you need different coaches for different things as well. I, I, I firmly believe sure. that, you know, at different stages, at different points, what you, mm-hmm. what you're dealing with, what's coming up again, those stories, those internal stories, whatever yeah. they are. Yeah. You're not meant to have like one coach throughout your life. Absolutely not. No, because you're evolving, you're changing, you're growing, you're shifting in each and every moment. So what has been one of your um, worst moments in launching since we were on that topic? Oh, gosh, really? <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, where do I begin? I've had so many moments, you know, like, oh, let's see. Okay, the time when all my internet went out in the middle of a live launch. Mm, interesting, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> And me hopping very quickly into, onto my phone to try to, you know, uh, keep it going, basically. Mm-hmm. Then having to send an email because the phone wasn't... I mean, it was just a, a absolute cluster. And me sending an email being like, hey, we're going to do this again. Come again. You know? <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, about a third of the people did not. Yeah. They did not. They did not come back. And that was like a, you know, you, I've had times when the Facebook ads don't convert, didn't convert, just did not convert. And, you know, the expectation of the number of people that I thought I was going to have in my launch was about a quarter of what it actually was. And if you do the math, therefore, so is the, uh, the conversion, right? Um, there have been several moments that you go, hmm, oh, you know, I've sent the wrong link, a timer 12. Sure. Um, you know, I, at one point I was launching it every quarter mm-hmm. and I got much better at it. I will say this to anybody oh, out good. there who's doing their, who's launching. Like if, if you're doing your first launch, your second launch is going to be better than your first launch. You know, your third launch might not be as good as your second launch or your first launch. Because then you start getting in your head. At least I did. Mm-hmm. I started getting in my head about it. And I had, then I had to come to this point, this point of being like, you know what? I can't care as much. And I know that sounds weird. But what I mean by that is I couldn't have attachment. Not mm-hmm. only to the outcome, because we're always talking about no attachment to outcome. I had to have non-attachment to whatever was happening. Because I wa- I had that idea of wanting it to be perfect. I did mm-hmm. all the things. If there was something you could possibly do, I did it all. Every, you know, workbook, every, every uh, um, giveaway, I, like you name it, I was doing it all. And I got to this place where then I had this attachment to what it was supposed to be. Mm. And I... I finally realized that I needed a to simplify 
that it didn't need to be that complicated, that I actually was overcomplicating it, that I was looking at the, the quote unquote biggies in the space mm. and trying to replicate what they did. Yeah. Now I was trying to replicate it in my own way, but what I wasn't looking at was that they have teams of 12 to 20 people. And here it was me and my integrator and a VA, mm -hmm. right? How am I possibly going to replicate something that has a team of 12 to 20 people? But mm -hmm. I was killing myself trying to do it. Well, guess what energy I was bringing into my launch. Plus they've been doing it for how ever. Many they've been doing it, you know, for 10 years longer than I have at mm -hmm. least. Right. And so I was bringing this like frantic energy into the launch because I was like trying to make everything happen, you know, all the balls in the air. And of course, then a ball or two is going to drop when you've, when, when you're doing that many pieces of a puzzle. Mm -hmm. And so when I began to realize, okay, I love launch, launch strategy. It's really vital. It's really important. I'm learning from these, from the quote unquote biggies, but at the end of the day, I have to make it my own. And I have to do it in a way that feels in alignment with me and with my audience. What do they want? Do they really want a giveaway? <clears throat> do they really want a third workbook? Maybe they just need one workbook. You know what I'm saying? Like it was that kind of thing. Um, that That is when launching shifted for me. Mm -hmm. And obviously it's easier said than done to uh, both stay detached from the result. And like you said, you know, the whole launch itself and yeah but i mean if you understand that and you can actually start working on it and getting aware of you know all where all these thoughts go and i mean it's going to do a lot for you when you go into launch tools are helpful mm -hmm. you know like i mentioned before you know breath work meditation writing these are tools like to help manage your energy mm -hmm. um even just stepping away, taking a walk, you know, those are really important when you're in that launch space so that your head can stay in the right place. Yeah. So you don't go on that free fall, that roller coaster free fall, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. And All that's right. not to say that won't ever happen again. Cause I <laughs> no. had a launch recently <laughs> when, where I went into free fall and I thankfully, <laughs> Here's, a, uh, you know, another thing, surround yourself by great people like yourself, like others in the space that, that, you, that you really like because and appreciate and are helpful and will hold you to the fire because I was in a, in a mastermind and they were like, you're in free fall, Nick. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I was like, oh, you are absolutely right. That is what's going on. And then I was able to come out of it. I didn't even realize I was in it. <laughs> That's scary. That's a little scary. All right. I um I want to wrap things up, but I think we had had a wonderful conversation about both your your story, the you know the importance of a story in your business, and we even touched a little bit on the launch stuff as well. So I love it. Um, how can people reach out to you, get in touch with you, work with you, all that? Yeah, so I'm uh, at the Nick Demas, T H E like the Nick Demas, D E M O S, uh, on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, Facebook, basically across all those platforms. And uh, on my website is thenickdemus.com as well. And uh, yeah, you can come, come work with me. Come hang, come play, come dance. We dance. Come dance. If you want to dance, Nick is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to teach you how, but no, no. Uh, we're just going to have fun. We're just going to have dance. fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so schedule a call with Nick if you want to dance and have fun. All right. That's a call to action. 
beautiful. <laughs> no, but I really appreciate this conversation. It's been great. Um, and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for having me, Ken. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.